0: All right, everybody. Welcome back in. It is the Rob and Stu show. Big show for you today. Coming up, the NFL picks. Uh, If you missed it earlier in the week, college football picks week eight. Uh, Game of the century on that show. Bet your mortgage responsibly, of course. um, And your child's life savings responsibly. Um, Double up. Uh, Today, though, we're going to lead off with a guy who it's been a minute since he's been on, but he's one of the best guest this show has ever had my favorite missouri tiger my favorite missouri tiger he is jim freaking root three-man weave jim thanks for coming on brother how are you
1: i'm good thanks for having me Uh, i got a quick bone to pick with you guys as as michigan state and rutgers fans had a little michigan state money line last weekend and just an epic epic collapse down the stretch from the Spartans Rutgers comes all the way back cost me a little bit at the in the pocketbook there I wasn't real thrilled
2: I'm going you should have seen the text ed through me and Stu through that game screaming at each other
0: yeah I'm going to tell you that uh that that is one of the more insane things that ever bet Michigan State money line in anything football related the rest (laughs) of the season um
1: I just feel the kickoff that's that's my humble request let's it's really difficult
0: Yeah. <laughs> Kicking the ball, receiving the ball. It, it's a really <laughs> hard things to do. Um, Not every team can get it down to Michigan state is working through that problem.
2: Uh, listen, as up. a Rutgers fan, I have sat through so many losses like that, or just so many games where you're left shaking your head. So, you know, it's nice. I get a whole calendar year that I don't have to listen to Michigan state football propaganda. now basketball, which we're going to get to, well, I'm going to have to listen to Stu the entire winter. because Every team,
0: day. Every day a new Tom Izzo quote is coming at you.
2: <laughs> I I can't wait. I can't wait.
0: Uh Jim, before we get in uh talking some college basketball, uh, we're not going to cover anywhere near anything to get you ready except uh, primed up and and maybe a little uh a little hutzpah, a little a little gas in the tank. get ready college basketball is right around the corner i'm actually starting to get really excited about it folks that want more information of course three-man weave uh you're doing the lord's work college basketball almanac which i've sent a few friends to and uh i've bought and 1500 words on chicago state folks i i don't i don't know where else you're gonna get that jim Uh, Tell the folks where they can hear you and also get that college basketball almanac.
1: Yeah, if you want a little more in depth college hoops stuff, we've got that at uh, Three Man Weave College Basketball Podcast, wherever you get your podcast, it's out there. And then as far as the almanac, that is cbbalmanac.com. That's got all the the written previews. Uh, There's a whole bunch of national content on there as well, Uh, not just team by team, but you know, top front courts, top back courts, transfers to watch. Uh, I've got a little gambling piece on there on teams with big time Ooh, against the spread like splits. Yeah, so teams that are better at uh, as a favorite or an underdog, or teams that are better home or away, or conference non conference, just kind of things where there's a, a logical reason to be drawn between their splits historically. Uh, I kind of enjoyed digging into that one. I've got a you know so, some good nuggets on there that I think were are worth are worth checking out. It's 1999 at cbbalmanac
2: it is well worth the buy. I use it all the time. Stu got me involved in it. And I'll tell you, especially early in the basketball season, because, you know, with the with the um, with football going on, college football is heating up at that point. Usually right around the World Series, the World Series is, is ending. I always feel like there's a, the first couple weeks of college basketball. There's really some decent times to strike when the lines in Las Vegas aren't as sharp as they are later in the season, I'm I'm the kind of guy, well, I'm a sick degenerate gambler to begin with. So I mean, anybody that bets Yonkers raceway five nights a week, you know, needs to seek treatment, but
0: well, the early were,
2: lines in college basketball are just incredible sometimes.
0: Guess what your Christmas present is. It's treatment. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I recently had somebody asked me if I had a problem and I was like, I'm up lifetime. <laughs> Can't be a problem if that's true. <laughs>
2: there is no shot I'm up like that. I think
0: yeah. your problem is, is that you don't have SOCOM basketball October 18th, as we speak. I think
1: that's desperately need it. Badly <laughs> needed.
0: Uh man, uh I want to jump into it. Three man, we've covered it on your most recent show, available on YouTube, Spotify, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Big Ten. We are Big Ten mongos. We live and die by the greatest conference in the world. Well, it used to be before we took on Washington and USC and all them. Um, Jim, I'll start off with this. Let me talk about the real team, Uh, you know, the eventual winners. Uh, Why is everybody going to fail horribly against the great Michigan State Spartans, Tom Izzo, God, Somerset?
1: I mean the the, the backcourt's the biggest reason. That's the you know top three backcourt in the entire country, probably. I, I think maybe someone would debate that, but I think it's generally a pretty strong, uh, not debatable claim there. With AJ a point guard, Tyson Walker on the wing, Jaden Akins, even you know having another gear he can get to. I think that's maybe where you unlock some of the upside. And then that freshman class is fun, man. Jeremy Fears can really play. He's obviously got Walker and Hogard maybe in the way a little bit for minutes, but. And if anybody has not seen Cohen Carr highlights, go watch them because he's going to be all over your ESPN. From the free throw line. He double clutch two-handed from the free <laughs> throw. I've g- genuinely never seen anyone do that. It blew my mind when I saw the highlight. So he is as athletic a dunker as we've seen in college since Zion. I feel pretty comfortable making that claim. And then in the paint, you got, you know, maybe that continued development of the big men that, that Izzo is known for with Madi Sissoko and then Xavier Booker, uh, the the coaches anonymously in the Big Ten in our almanac voted him the best pro prospect in the Big Ten. So there, there's something to be had there too with Booker if he's able to come along quickly. I know uh, it, it isn't always you know he's a little hesitant to lean on freshmen sometimes. See the Jaron Jackson Jr. tournament and, and playing Ben Carter over him. But uh,
0: please don't bring it up again. I'm having I am having like have to sorry DSK.
1: sorry to trigger you sorry to trigger you guitty, but uh, Giddy pops. Do you think this will be a
2: classic Michigan State team where they start off just a little bit slow and then they just hit their stride and they're gone, or this year it's a little bit different from day one, it's just domination?
1: I I think they start a little slower. I I think the Joey Hauser loss might be overlooked by some people who see the backcourt and the Sweet 16 berth and the freshman class. But Hauser was a forty-six percent three-point shooter on almost eighty makes. Like that really opens up the floor, a lot of driving lanes for those guards are, are maybe going to be a little more cramped this time. Uh, I, I I say the, the kind of the skeleton key for the season is Mili Call. If he's healthy and giving them that scoring pop at the four, where defenses can't really sag off of anybody on the court, I, I think that's kind of what opens everything up. So if Hall's healthy and and Playing at the peak of his powers, which is actually you know pretty considerable. He was never healthy last year. Then, then you can get there, but it does usually take some time. And I, I think Izzo coaches them with that in mind. He's not really looking to peak in November and December. He wants to get enough wins, set them up for a good seed. But it, it's always about March in his mind.
0: Jackson Cole are Maryland? also out till Christmas. That that hurts. That news today just
1: hurts or helps? Hmm. I'm rubbing my chin there. Hmm. Mm, mm. (laughs) Okay.
0: Now I feel better. All is right in the world. Roberto, you want to talk about, uh, you know, Cliff Amarui, Zach Eadie. Well,
2: I was going to ask ask Jim first about Maryland because I have to say they look loaded with Jameer Young, Julian Reese. I mean, this is a really good team. I thought they had a good season last year. I think they could be really good in this Big Ten.
1: Yeah, that top three w- with Young, with Reese and Dante Scott, it's really tough to deal with. Uh, you've got versatility, athleticism, all those guys can move. They don't have like the typical plotting center that a lot of Big Ten teams have, and I think that makes them a little different, h- harder for teams to deal with. Young really came on in, in Big Ten play last year, kind of saw an uptick in his scoring. The key for them is those those connector pieces on the t- the two, three, the wing spots I think they're probably going to rely a lot on, on freshmen there. I'm I'm pretty high on Jamie Kaiser, the 6'6 freshman who can really shoot it. I think that's what they need on the wing. Somebody take a little bit at Hakeem Hart role where willing to be complimentary to everybody else, but but also knock down shots and defend. Uh, I know Harris Smith is probably the one getting the more hype from, from Maryland fans, but I think Kaiser's going to have a, a really good freshman year as well. And then finding some depth, you know, they played really slow last year, one of the best under teams in the country based on how they play defense and how fast they played um so maybe they won't need depth as much but man with that top three their home court advantage you know that team's going to be around late come march and they were the sleeper team in the big 10 as voted by big 10 coaches in the almanac so yeah the terps are gonna be right there
2: yeah i like the way they ended last year um yeah let's test on my scarlet knights i mean listen we're, we're really gearing up for next season i, I think this season maybe a little bit of a you know we're, we're obviously a lose cam spencer you know, maybe Mag comes back, Yamarui's kind of gotten into his own. I don't feel like he's arrived yet. I feel like he's been good, not great. I don't know if you agree, disagree with me there, but I feel like they're obviously pointing towards next year with all the big time recruits.
1: Yeah. And in, interestingly with you guys both here, it, you could maybe draw a comparison to Michigan state last year where they saw the Xavier Booker, Cohen Carr, Jeremy fears, Garrick Norman on the horizon. We're ready for uh, fast forward to next year. We've got all these freshmen coming in, but Michigan State still made a Sweet 16 last year, and I think Rutgers can make some noise this year too. Steve Beile is a heck of a coach; he can gear up a defense as good as anyone. I know McConnell's gone, mulcahy has gone, so maybe the backcourt's not as big and, and swarming. But I think Omar will really be a great anchor inside. And, and Maywat Mag, it does sound like he's back. Uh, an ACL recovery. I, I'm sympathetic to that, as you know, I had surgery about a year ago myself. So it sounds like he's back in practice, cleared for contact, and uh, Michael talked up big time his defensive ability, and you you, you get him in there next to to uh, Omari, and I think the defense is going to rock. Just making sure they've got enough offensive pop, and you know, with Simpson and and Noah Fernandez coming in from UMass, uh, it seems like they have enough in the in the guard ranks.
2: Yeah, that's always the thing with them. If they can score enough, they can play defense with the best of them, especially in the rack. But their scoring is always just something. As a fan, you're like, oh boy. I'm so glad you still
1: call it the rack and not Jersey Mike's. Stay with the rack forever. forever. It's never
2: Jersey Mike's. I've been going there. (laughs) My dad's been taking me since I was a kid. Um, How about Northwestern? I wanted to ask you about the Princeton transfer. Um, What do you think of Northwestern this season?
1: I'm a little cooler on them. I know they made the tournament last year, won a game. Chris Collins has has done that now twice, rather impressively uh, at at Northwestern. Hadn't done it before his tenure, but, I think they lost two really big defensive pieces, especially Chase Audige on the perimeter. He was kind of the throw him at the best perimeter player in the other team. And and he can swarm you with athleticism and strength. And he's also a tough shot maker on the other end. Now they still got Boo Booey, fantastic point guard. He's probably going to be first team all conference everywhere, preseason and postseason. And I, I call uh, Matt Nicholson, their big center. I call him journalism Matumbo, uh, the big white guy in the middle who swats all the shots, but uh, I think the defense will fall back a little bit. And, and last time that Collins made the tournament, won a game brought a lot back. The team completely fell off the map down to like 85th and Kempom out of the NCAA tournament picture. Maybe it won't be that drastic this year, but I, I have them down in like the bottom three or four of the league.
0: Jim, uh, early season, you're, you're a gambler. You, you is responsible. Um, Starting off the season, you're always looking for those teams that maybe you want to back early on and teams you may want to fade early on. Um, What are some teams that come to mind in terms of that, especially at the start of the season? I know it's hard to predict who's going to start fast or slow, but uh, do you have any teams that just pop into mind when when I pose that question?
1: There's a couple that you know, just generally based on where Ken Palm's ranks are, where Bart Torvik's ranks are, that, that are kind of proxies. I, I say that with air quotes, proxies for the market, uh, what the lines will likely be. Uh, just just to stay in the, the Big Ten, because one team I, I love there is Penn State. Uh, they're kind of getting written off because they changed coaches, brought in like nine transfers. It's a completely overhauled team. But I see some potential like Iowa State a couple years back when T.J. Otzelberger took over and it looked like he had a bunch of we call an island of misfit toys uh, yeah. with, with his portal pieces, but then that team was awesome in the non-conference. Remember they 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 whooped Memphis, a really hyped Memphis team in Otzelberger's first year, and I think went eleven and zero in the non-conference. Maybe Penn State won't be that good, but I feel like the the amount of turnovers, kind of just having people chuck them down to thirteenth in the Big Ten, whereas I, I think they'll be pretty competitive. They got the A ten Player of the Year in Ace Baldwin, who's still with his coach Mike Rhodes. And those those VCU teams were never bad. They're super competitive defensively. They're a pain to play against. If they can extract enough offense out of that roster, which is admittedly a question, uh, I, I think they could be you know mid tier Big Ten, and then you know it makes them really undervalued to start the season. Let's see. I a couple others. I I won't I won't give you just one. How dare I?
2: Yeah, nine transfers. That's wild.
1: Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. It's I mean, new
2: college basketball. Get excited.
1: New Mexico State. Here's a fun one. I, I'm not sure I'm gonna recommend backing them right now but they turned over all 13 scholarship spots because last year their season got canceled early because of the hazing thing everybody left they brought in brand new pieces so they're, well, they're still then, waiting on a couple uh, waivers the murder, so.
0: the murder too uh yeah not a great not a great season for the Ags.
2: yeah but it, it reset button things, you wonder if you're going to see things more and more like that like almost you could compare that almost to a colorado college football like just With this NIL and being able for kids to transfer, I mean, you really can't, especially more in basketball because, you know, obviously you don't need to feel as many players you do on a football team. I mean, basketball, right, it only takes a couple guys to really flip it.
1: Yeah, and I I, I know assistants help a ton with football recruiting, but I think about some of the coaches I talked to this offseason for the Almanac being like, yeah, we had to bring in eight new guys and how exhausting it sounded recruiting all that. I was like, well, yeah, football teams are bringing in like 50 new guys in the portal sometimes or like I don't even know how they do it. Um circling back to your questions Stu. just a couple other teams I, I'm looking at early on in the year I think Wyoming is really undervalued last year they had everything go wrong injuries they're down to like six scholarship guys for well, a lot of as time as soon as Maldonado
0: was out it's it's like a murder shoot.
1: yep and, and EK the preseason Mountain West player of the year didn't play a single game and just uh, everybody up and on the roster was dealing with stuff And they, they have a really really great coach and Jeff Linder I think he'll have them Back on the uptick this year, and then Cal is a team I love. Another common theme here is, is coaching changes between them and, and Penn State. But Cal's been terrible for years. Viking Jones, Mark Fox, just a horrendous, horrendous Pac-12 program. But Mark Madsen had Utah Valley as like a top 75 team last year, brought in some pretty solid transfer pieces, including Fardo's AMAC from Texas Tech, who had played for Madsen at Utah Valley. So there's some familiarity there. I think they're going to be competent, if not, you know, a tournament team, but much better than where the market's kind of placing them right now. Ken Tom's gotten like 145th. I I think they're like a top 80 team.
0: Uh I will I will bring up, and this is just me. Rob probably doesn't feel the same way. I am much more interested in watching a Campbell Camels game than I am a cow game. No offense. Uh yes. <laughs> give me everything Utah Valley give me everything uh Sacred Heart versus St. Francis PA. I'm all in. That's what I want to watch.
2: You have a lot of Samford futures.
0: I'm a Samford guy. Uh
1: Bucky oh, <laughs> ball baby. There we go.
0: Yeah. Oh, they play <laughs> I just love the fast pace. It they don't know where the ball's going. Um <laughs> so the the thing though is 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 like that's where I've always found I'm, I'm my successes when I start betting the smaller schools where you may have an edge. Uh, what are you when we're looking at like the non power in the group of 22, you know, the small, the small, uh, schools, small conferences? What are some teams to keep an eye out for? Uh, especially, you know, like, hey, the Horizon League on a Wednesday night, let's go.
1: At Wright State, in the horizon, if we want to start there, um, they, they were already good last year and, and really strong offensive squad, and they also brought back Tanner Holden, who's a boomerang transfer, spent a year at Ohio State, didn't really work out for him. Now he graduated, is back eligible at Wright State. He's a 20-point-a-game scorer a couple of years back. That team's going to be scoring a lot of points, playing fast. They've got a lot of offensive weapons. So I, I think Wright State will be a team to watch. I'm um, Out in the Patriot League, Colgate, they've been rolling through their conference year after year. Uh, there's preseason futures out at Caesars. They're like minus 250 to win their conference. That's how dominant they've been. Last four, or I think last three seasons, they're 53 and four against Patriot foes. Uh just a buzzsaw. Fantastic offense, the way they move the ball, unselfish. I think they've been like top 10 in three point percentage for three straight years. So that that's a really fun squad to watch. Um Let's see who else a best player in that group of 22 as we're talking is probably UNC Asheville's drew Pember Uh, made the NCAA tournament last year, lost in the first round, unfortunately, but uh, he was formerly at Tennessee and he gives them like a legitimate pro prospect. This is like a 20 and 10 guy. Every single night obviously has the recruiting pedigree from, from being at Tennessee and Asheville's top two teams in their league with Winthrop in, in the big South. He's a phenomenal player, inside-out scorer that just kind of looks like a man among boys when he's out there.
2: I have to say, that Horizon League is fun. Stu got me involved in that like two years ago, betting. The sportsbook, I thought, was going to stop letting us bet against IUPUI. I mean, <laughs> every game. We Fade them and, Under- yeah. and
1: unders. Fade
2: them and unders. We couldn't bet enough <laughs> every other night when they were playing. That, that was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, they – there's a lot of people that have, you know, some hype around them this year. The The Horizon Anonymous poll, I think that IUPUI was named the sleeper team. And, I mean, they've been abysmal the first two years under Matt Crenshaw. The year you're talking, Rob, when they were – I think they had the worst offense in the past, like, seven <laughs> they, years. They were taking basketball. walk-ons midseason yeah.
0: like hey uh yeah. <laughs> you know after your math class come over by the gym
1: and shoot some free throws please and they were they're begging them to come it wasn't an invite it, it was a beg you know uh but now they've they've got like a full complement of real scholarship players so they might actually be a little more feisty not quite the uh the auto fade that we're looking for that might be like um coppin state or or saint francis pa still you mentioned them there, there's a couple super young teams that rosters look a little bleak entering the year. I think they could tumble quickly.
0: Saint Francis, PA is going to end up being my team that I probably bet heavily <laughs> against.
1: The Red Flash, baby.
0: <laughs> um, Jim, I w- let's go back to as we're winding it down here. Uh, just broader college basketball. Um, what's some of the interesting storylines that that pique your interest? Because. I know you could go a lot of different ways, but like what are the exciting things that you want to find out in those first couple months of non-conference?
1: A big one is FAU, and maybe for some people they're not as excited about them, but like, they were in the final four last year, brought back their coach and eight starters, and all those guys could have gone, gotten raises. I mean, the players too could have gotten some big-time NIL money at other places, and, and they chose to come back. They were just so fun to watch last year. The way they spread the floor, unselfishness. Their two best players came off the bench for like half the year because they were on a big winning streak. And like, I just think that's cool that they had established that culture. were able to bring guys back from such a successful run. Uh, so going to be keeping an eye on them uh, early on. I think Kentucky, you know, it's, it's the easy headline grab, but they're also very intriguing to me because there is the murmur about Calipari and they've been, I think it's four straight years where they haven't made the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. And that's just not acceptable given the the basketball budget they have, what they're paying Cal, the talent that they typically have. So are they going to be able to figure it out? And they've got some injury question marks entering the year. Where both their centers have broken feet that they're coming back from. They've got a, a Croatian big man. That's maybe eligible, maybe not. So they could be playing some weird small ball. Uh, definitely be keeping an eye on Kentucky. And to just go with a little bit of a, a football parallel here, it's the last year of the Pac-12 and college football has been fantastic in the Pac-12. So does the basketball have that same kind of juice in the final season? Uh, Arizona looks very solid. USC has got a great recruiting class to go with Boogie Ellis. And then you've got question marks like UCLA has three of the best 10 international prospects entering college basketball this year, but... They're freshmen. Sometimes these international guys take a little bit of time to get acclimated. Mick Cronin isn't the easiest guy to play for. So I, I could see the the freshmen maybe struggling there. But um the Pac 12 and just kind of that swan song for the league. I, I hope the basketball conference has the same success that the football one has had so far.
2: I kind of like Stanford a little bit in that Pac-12.
1: I I love the roster, but I don't love the coach. <laughs> that's my that's always my <laughs> hang up with Stanford. Good point. Um, but no, I, they, they needed a point guard and they went out and got Jared Bynum from Providence. Who's been a winner for multiple years there. I think that kind of solved the, the main roster issue they had. I was just surprised that they kept Jared Haas because they could have gotten Mark Madsen, who I previously mentioned is at Cal Stanford grad, like would have been like a, a home run higher, gotten the fan base excited, but they chose not to buy out Haas. And this is kind of a make or break year for him with with a very solid roster. And you know, his arch rival might, might no longer be one of the uh, the dregs of high major basketball.
2: I, just one more question for me. Do you feel like in basketball, when when these schools get these big transfers, they bring these guys over? You know, in football, a lot of times you'll see him hit the ground running right, right away. Like Jordan Addison last year at USC, right away. You know, Travis Hunter, he wasn't a recruit, but this year for Colorado, right away makes a difference. Do you think in basketball it takes a little bit more time? Or do you think right away you're going to see, you know, these big transfers, these big, you know, big time moves
1: hit the ground running? A lot depends on situation. I know that's like the the lame fence rider answer. Um, like mm-hmm. somebody like Hunter Dickinson, biggest name probably that changed teams in the portal this offseason. Go and do a coach. Yeah, right. All right. Yeah. Poor Michigan. I'm sure you're really shedding tears over there. <laughs> yeah. It's um, hate to,
0: you hate to see bad things happen to War
1: <laughs> uh, going over to Kansas, Bill Self's like as well known as anybody for maximizing big men, so I think he slides in fairly quickly into that scheme. But then you've got some other ones, you know, Rob, you're a Rutgers guy, Paul Mulcahy, going out to, to Washington, could be a weird fit. They've already got another point guard there, Severe Wheeler, who came in via the transfer wire. So it, it, some, it depends on like the role that these guys are going to have to fill and also the number of transfers. Like we we talked about Penn State having like nine of them. Maybe that's going to be a little bit of a choppier situation than a school that's got to incorporate one or two. Uh, and, and maybe that's where Michigan State gets an edge too because they, they chose to say no to the portal and it's a lot more internal continuity. Them and Marquette are very, very notable teams this year that basically ignored the portal. Yeah,
2: I'm Marquette's interested to see Cam Spencer at UConn because I – I'm not gonna lie to you. That that kind of killed me when he left last offseason. I was I was excited for him. I thought he was getting better last year. And then it was like, oh, you you know, you start to hear that that buzz on the boards and everything. Ah, I think he's gonna leave. I think he's gonna leave. And then boom. I mean, with the money and everything, how it goes. Do, do you see UConn getting back to where they were last year or not really?
1: I've a little. I mean, I have them like eighth in the country, so it's not like I'm, you know, cutting them down at all, but I just mm-hmm. Spencer is a fantastic shooter, but I thought Jordan Hawkins was one of the best, you know, movement shooters we've seen in college basketball in a long time. And then Sonogo was great inside. Obviously, they have Klingon to replace him. It's Andre Jackson was was so good as a connector, defender, every loose ball. Now he's on my beloved Milwaukee Bucks. I'm excited for him. Hopefully, he gets a a role there. I just. I think there's a slight step back. The one thing that's awesome for UConn is they kept their coaching staff together, which is really hard to do. After you have a, a year as, as strong as they had in a national title, usually you get a couple assistants plucked away for for head coaching jobs. And all those guys stuck around and they're really, really highly regarded in coaching circles, specifically Luke Murray, Bill Murray's kid, and, and then Kamani Young. Both guys are probably destined for stardom in the coaching world and they're back. So UConn's not going anywhere uh, with, with the talent that they have.
0: Got a little bit of breaking news as we wrap up here. Um, it looks like the Bucks have signed yet another Anton Tacumpo brother. Oh, so that's exciting. Yeah. yeah. Just give Seven- the
1: mom a contract, baby. Come on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You gotta love it.
0: Um, Jim Root uh wearing a badger shirt in honor of Eric Haslam. Um, obviously. Uh thank you for coming on. Three man weave base- basketball almanac. Um go check it out. Go, go listen to the guru and you get Matty Cox and Kai McKeon, but Kai, Kai's good.
1: Matt, and Matt not so much. Yeah. That's <laughs> like the, uh, you know, Matt's the, the, the trials and tribulations you have to deal with to get Kai and I's opinion. That's, that's the adversity you have to fight. Yes.
0: <laughs> it, but it's, it's well worth it, Jim. I can't thank you enough. As always, you've always been a great friend to the program. So thanks for coming on and check him out coming up the NFL picks uh, where Rob makes another case for why the Eagles win.
1: Hello, everyone. This is Chris Van Dyne from North Coast Sports. You'll hear me here every week during football season with my main man, Stu from the StuCast. And just wanna let everyone know we got a lot going on at North Coast. We got power sweep coming up going to be releasing that at the end of August and get on board for Power Sweep at ncsports.com definitely check out our podcast on ncsports.com and like I said you'll hear me every week giving out some of the best handicapping picks that you will get in the industry uh, with Stu and Bobcat every week here as well as at North Coast Sports ncsports.com and we're
0: looking forward to football season. All right. Thanks to Jim Root yet again. Um, three man. we go check it out. It's phenomenal. Great dude. Uh, NFL, NFL picks week seven.
2: Well, wow, uh, you don't I- know. No, we're doing Petunias and garden. The NFL's the season. Yeah, you that's- to the Jets and Zach Wilson. I'm done. And I'm there. You embarrass me. In North Jersey with those scumbags from New York. You embarrassed me in front of my family. My wife was crying leaving the stadium. I mean, that's that's what Jalen Hurts did to me on Sunday and Nick Siriani. I'm I'm the NFL's done. I'm done.
0: And, Dishes and you
2: didn't, nothing. And you didn't have a room to go uh to go
0: pout up to and slam Stu, doors for.
2: Stu, third and nine. Can we run the ball, please? That Wilson can't even get the ball over to fifty. You gave him three interceptions. Two were idiot Goddard hit. I oh, forget about. It. Don't even get me started. And you throw a ball like that, fifty-two million dollars. I I need better, Jalen. I need better. Wow. I need better. I need some, better in that last drive. He was some good. The whole game. Touch you I to need go, better in that last. Drive. Some people would
0: tell you to go touch grass, but you know, That's not right. me.
2: One bad uh, game, I'll give it to him. But I'll be holding full accountability in the link on Sunday. Full accountability.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Good to hear. We actually did pretty well last week, six and one. Scotty, not so much, one and two. But uh, me He's and you. He's banned s- from
2: the show. You, oh you, yeah, you, you can't Absolutely. be giving out losers. Absolutely, you, you can't be giving out losers like that. When, when you're
0: doing the show from 1983, um, that's really tough to do. Um, you lose a lot in translation. Tough
2: scenes. Tough. Real scenes. tough. But I'm going to tell you how my Sunday went. I was so drinking so much and doing so many shots and cooking sausage and peppers. Totally forgot I hit a parlay for like three hundred and something dollars. The picks on the show. So Sunday was a good day. Gambling It was a horrible day for me.
0: personally. Uh, my day can be summed up as I had a bunch of college football picks into uh Miami minus six and a half and Bills minus six and a half. So that pretty much sums up my day. That I blame Bill's Bags. most
2: classic NFL.
0: I blame bags. Um, he's been oh, yeah. in the show as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, But we'll start off with you. 12, eight and one. A uh, two and one week last week. Dogs four and one, Roberto. Nice job. Three and two on the locks. Yeah. What do you got?
2: Okay. My dog of the week. Is going to be because there's no New York guys on this show. Okay. I'm an NFC East Mongo, right? It's where I originated from. I live in the NFC East. I live in the filth. Okay. So the NFC East now for many years has been Dallas versus Philadelphia for the division, for whatever, right? The two bottom teams have been Washington and New York. They've had their battles. Usually it's over draft picks, but they've had their battles. The Giants have owned them. And every time Washington needs a win to put them away, it's usually, usually versus them. It's like loser goes and, and loser's not challenging for a for a uh, wild card spot. So that's kind of like this. I mean, Washington's sitting at three and three. So if they're at three and four, it's not going to kill them. But listen, this is a game where Washington's favored by two and a half. I just don't get it, even if Tyrod plays. Because let's be honest, Tyrod was better than Jones last week, Okay. The Giants played better on defense. Maybe Martindale, they said last week, he stopped blitzing as much. Maybe he's going to switch up his defense a little bit. Maybe he found something. They're not a terrible defense. I mean, I love Dexter Lawrence. I think he's one of the best defensive linemen in the NFL. Thibodeau, you can kill the guy. I mean, he's he's average. He's just meh. not worth the top 10 pick, obviously, right now. But I kind of like this Giants team in this spot. I like them coming home. The rough part of their schedule is done. Washington has a horrific offensive line, horrific. I think the Giants can get some pressure on them. I think Dexter Lawrence can dominate. Um, Washington has a good front. We we all know the Giants have the worst offensive line in the league. It'll be a low-scoring game. I mean, the total's 39. But I like the Giants on the money line in this spot. So they're going to be my dog of the week, the New York football Giants in the Meadowlands on Sunday. My long shot of the week. Now, don't laugh. Okay, don't laugh. I like Brandon Staley in the San Diego Chargers this week. Okay, plus five and a half on the road in Kansas City. Kansas City, a lot like Philadelphia, this year for some reason just looks mediocre. Something doesn't look right. Mahomes, you know, I know all he has is Kelsey right now. They don't look like the same offense. Their defense has played decent football. They've been playing average games, finding a way to win. They're 5-1. Same thing with my Eagles, okay? But the Chargers the other night got dominated by a great front in Dallas. I don't think Kansas City has that kind of front. San Diego always – play. I mean, I keep saying San Diego. But the Chargers always play them tough. I like the Chargers in this spot coming off a bad loss on Monday night at home, going into Arrowhead. I just don't think the Chiefs are there yet, and I got to see it. It'll probably be Sunday. They'll probably finally put it all together, but I got to see it. Um, My regular bet of NFL Sunday, you know, this is going to be, listen, everybody's going to be on this game. Give me the Bears. Okay, give me the Bears getting three at home. I can't stand this Las Vegas Raiders team. I, I think they're terrible. I think Garoppolo stinks. I don't like the coaching. Now, listen, The Bears are a dumpster fire. Fields might not play. I I don't think he is playing. Yeah, I think it's going to help him that Fields isn't playing. He's all over the place. I I, I like the Bears in this spot. The Bears' defense obviously has had their struggles. But you saw when you get the ball to D.J. Moore like they did in that game versus Washington, the Bears Bears can get something going. I think they can hang in this game. Las Vegas on the road, coming to the Midwest – Laying three in a one o'clock game? No way. Give me the Bears all day long Sunday. that Bears.
0: What's your lock of the week?
2: Oh, the Giants. My, that was my first bet, the lock of the week.
0: Okay. You said dog of the week.
2: Did I say dog? I thought I said lock. No, you said dog. Um, Tyler- well, the, the, the lock is the Monday night game. You get all your money back Monday night on San Francisco. San Francisco is going to annihilate Minnesota on Monday night. You think they're going to lose two in a row? I don't see it. So and I'm that? nervous Six about this Sunday night game in Philadelphia. How many points, how many touchdowns do you think Tyreek Hill is going to have on this secondary in Philadelphia? Conservatively this 17. It's going to be a tough game Sunday night. I'm, I might have to bring out the hard hat Sunday night at the link.
0: You're, you're probably going to have that, that'll the really change. That'll really change it up. And they're wearing the Kelly Greens.
2: Well, John, how many pairs of underwear is John Frazier going to go through on Sunday night when it's Tua versus Hertz?
0: Oh, man. I There's not enough. He he could take all the CBD. Haylon
2: Waddle, Devonta Smith, Julio Jones. I mean, him and Bobcat might, you know, forget about it. They're going to pass out during the game of all this Alabama Friday.
0: <laughs> They'll probably be FaceTiming each other. Yeah. Um, Mel Tucker. That's Um, absolutely. Top coming. I, I'm kind of with you on some of your picks. 13 and nine, three and two on the doggies, three and two on the locks. Uh, Regular plays up first. I'm taking the Brownies and the Colts under 39 and a half. I don't think Minshew, I think they still got Minshew running like the Anthony Richardson offense, and that's not going to work. And the Browns defense is just, it is legit. Uh under 39 and a half. I think the Browns are gonna struggle, even though PJ Walker that the PJ Walker experience, we'll we'll see how that turns out. Good long-term.
2: backup, jersey guy.
0: Not last week. Um
2: why well, he was good. They won the game. Three picks, they won the game. Three picks. Listen, I've had to listen to New York fans tell me Zach Wilson's good all week. So if Zach Wilson's good, PJ Walker's good.
0: Three picks. Uh give me the Ravens minus three. This is just a numbers play. Uh the whole world feels like they're on the Lions. I'm gonna take the Ravens
2: minus three. Uh, and they're getting healthy too, Baltimore. They're getting healthy. Yeah, that's the scary part. But but Beckham, as soon as he steps on the field, something like that, There'll be a you know.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean something like he'll be on TikTok uh midway through the third. Um yeah. I'm with you on my dog of the week. I, I'm taking the Chargers plus five and a half. They always do seem to play KC extremely hard, uh, so I'm going to take the Chargers plus five and a half. That, that's a weird number. It, it's so weird that the Chargers are getting five and a half. Mm-hmm. But whatever. Um, it's then, it's
2: a weird line, right?
0: Yes. Uh, and then my lock of the week. I'm I'm going against you. I'm taking the Raiders minus three. uh, I can't bet. But I know the situation. I know West Coast traveling east, one o'clock game. This Bears team is bad, bad. And you're talking about Tyler, something called a you Tyler Badgett. Tyler, ba- yeah, more news at 11. Tyler Badgett from Shepard, West Virginia. I don't even know what that is. He's your starting quarterback. I Why not?
2: Why not? Well, McDaniels, I guess. McDaniel
0: stinks. McDaniel stinks. How dare you talk about Josh McDaniel's? I'm day.
2: adding one more bet to my card Falcons, money line. Tampa Bay's the most overrated team in the NFL. Baker stinks. Falcons getting the job done Sunday, money line. Add a play to my card, Buccaneers, money line.
0: You like what I did there? Absolutely. <laughs> All right, folks. Next week, Busy week for me and Roberto. We are doing the show. We're, the show goes on the road. We are headed to Tennessee versus Kentucky. We're going to... Mississippi
2: State versus Kentucky. Stop it, saying Tennessee. Myth of sight. Myth
0: of uh, uh, We will have... Live little, from
2: Keeneland. From live the
0: from Keeneland. We will actually be... Uh, I, we're going to record with Mike uh Mike Maloney bourbon, from bourbon and
2: hose live from Keeneland
0: yeah there you go it's going to be electric uh Mike's going to be there we're going to do a little bombs NFL. away's coming bombs away is going to be there bombs away might be the the special guest NFL picker next week we'll see what yeah, happens. yeah legend legend uh but we'll have the NFL picks we'll have a little Keeneland it'll be an electric week we cannot wait hope you join us but Check out all our shows, The Paul Sports Network. Go give a like, subscribe, like, subscribe. Uh, check it out. But until then, for Roberto, I am Stu. Take care, brush your hair, and we'll see you after a while.